thought, oh my God, like, how does that even happen? How does it work that your keys can be locked in the truck and the truck is running? Like, does that even make sense? Is it, it's, I'm just like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> you ever get the feeling that everything in America is completely fucked up? You know that feeling that the whole country is like one inch away from saying, that's it, forget it. Let's see. Thanks, Mr. Man. Now look, here's a house full of bees. You think the honey badger cares? It doesn't give a shit. Listen, let's get one thing straight. Price is right. Guns don't kill people. That song is because I was searching on the way home for the uh, <laughs> the Kid Rock song, uh, Cowboy. I'm a cowboy or whatever. Uh, I don't know why, but I was going to play it for Junior because he yeah. loves cowboys. But anyways, I was just kind of looking through Spotify. Like, how many songs are like, I'm a cowboy. I should have been a cowboy. I wish I was a cowboy. Uh-huh. From Cool Mo D to these guys, right. you know. But I stumbled across this band. I'd heard of the Smoking Armadillos before, mm-hmm. and I started listening to this whole album. It's really good. Really? Yeah. It's like country rock, mm-hmm. but heavier on the country than the rock. Yeah. Like if you put them up against old 97s, you know, old 97s is like way more just rock yeah. music with a little country tinge. These guys are like full on like country guys. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Pretty good. I would I'd recommend it. So I was watching a, uh, a documentary. Made me think of you. Okay. Inside the world's toughest prisons. Mm, I've seen some of these. So this guy goes I'm always around. A sucker for a good prison documentary. I know. Yeah. I know. Me too. This guy goes around to the world's toughest prisons, and here he is. The first episode of the show. This is on Netflix. He's in Finland, which uh, everyone you know when you think of dangerous prisons. You think of Finland, definitely, of course, right? So uh, check out how gnarly this prison is. This guy that's talking to him right yeah. now is telling him, "Don't get personal. What kinds of criminals sense. am I going to be living with? 
Esimerkiksi tällä osastolla on monimoista rikoksen tekijää, on pahoinpitelijää, voi, voi olla vaikka tappomiestä, on huumausainen rikollisuutta But paljon. Thank you. Thank you. This is the guy that goes, I mean, he goes into the prisons. Yeah, yeah. He makes himself an inmate. Yeah. And so they're showing you right now, like, just how gnarly. With 14 cells of 18 prisoners, mm -hmm. some have to share. The communal <laughs> area and kitchen are covered by CCTV cameras, monitored by guards in a control room at the end of the wing. But there are no cameras in the cells. Uh -oh. And I'm now alone with the inmates. Oh, shit. First impressions, it's so quiet. It's eerily <laughs> quiet. You know, as prisons go, there's no hum, there's no buzz, there's no hollowing and shouting. Man. Of course, Gnarly. when you're a newbie, you're going to be a bit hesitant about who it is out there. And they will inevitably want to size you up from the moment you walk out there. And I've already walked past a couple of really big guys who just their appearance could be quite intimidating. This guy was wrongfully put in prison for like decades, wasn't he? Yeah. If I remember correctly, yeah. Yeah, he's no stranger to prison. He's been yeah. in real prisons. Um, so, so far we know that they don't have roommates. And it's, right. Well, sometimes they have to share rooms. Okay, and it's eerily quiet. It's very quiet. Okay, as someone with kids, my first reaction is like, uh, what you guys making see here? <laughs> what do I got to do to get in there? <laughs> I just shared a 16-foot trailer with a 10-year-old. <laughs> sounds like heaven. <laughs> Babe, I'm just going for the weekend. I just need this me time, please. <laughs> you can tell this place is gnarly because the guys that are in there have tattoos. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you noticed that, but they right. were, they're really painting the picture. Okay. Plus, again, the music lets you know how yeah. gnarly it is. Okay, so keep paying attention here. This is about to get real. Um, but look, let me go and find out what, what, what's going to happen to me in the next seven days. <laughs> Yeah. Hello. I introduce myself. I'm, I'm yeah. Raphael. Tony. Tony. Yes. Nice to meet you, Tony. Fuzzy. Yeah. Fuzzy. 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 Oh, <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. nice to meet you. Yeah. Uh, Did I meet the other guys? I'm right. Michael. Marco. Yes. Hi, Marco. I'm Raphael. Okay. Welcome. Raphael. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm Raphael. I know. Yanni, nice to meet you. Oh, I have plates and cutlery. Okay. Yeah, this is what you need when you're starting here, you know. Okay. You get the stuff back. Yanni and the big guy Tony like seem pretty. Yeah. They show you new dicks. Yeah, they're talking about how to get the food now and friendly handshake. Yeah. Eye contact. Yeah. yeah. But they could easily be intimidating Everyone's to jumping new out of their inmates. seats to introduce themselves. He's saying they're being really nice to me, but this could easily be intimidating to new inmates. <laughs> Hell. Especially back in the cells where the guards can't see. Do they give everybody these things? That's yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. More tattoos. Okay. Tell me about the rules here in the block. Just be yourself and don't mind another business. When someone coming here, if we don't uh, knew each other, you know, I asking paper or why you be, why you here or you what know. is your crime? What do you do? Yeah. Of why, course. Why? Why? Why does that matter? If you some sex sexual, sexual offender or some something pedophile, they get knocked the fuck out. <laughs> yeah. So straight. they knock out pedophiles. <laughs> yep. Okay. Is there someone in charge of this wing? Do I need to know whether anybody deserves more respect than others? No, nothing like that. Mind your own business. Be yourself. It's 
<laughs> Just be yourself and mind your own business. It's cool. It's cool. Wow. This goes on like this. The uh-huh. work that they are putting in editing this to try to make it seem scary. Yeah. This seems like the most chill, easygoing, like a halfway enjoyable prison experience that I've ever seen. <laughs> like if this is what prisons were actually like, like who would care if they went to prison? <laughs> like you were saying, it might be a nice a welcome reprieve from right. your day to day. Take a break, take a couple days off. Yeah, do you have to worry about people being violent? No, no. No, nah, I mean, if you're a pedophile, pedophile yeah. you'll get knocked out. But uh, That's about it. Just yeah. be yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Mind your own business. Just, Here's your cutlery. Yeah. They give them uh, utensils. Did you ever get into, I'll answer this question, you never got into black metal? No. So the bands like Mayhem and Burzum, but Varg Vikernes, I think his name was, was the, the mastermind of the band Burzum. And he was considered like one of the kind of godfathers of uh, the black metal movement, mostly which that music is. I'm a huge like death metal grindcore fan. Like yeah. black metal is terrible for the most part. It's it sounds terrible. The music's not very good. But it it came with the whole like. So you've seen the bands with the corpse paint. They call it where their faces painted white with like black uh-huh. on the eyes. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like a evil take on Gene Simmons, I guess. But kind of theatrical? Very, yeah. very. Yeah, and they have the huge leather metal spikes, and they talk about, you know, burning churches, and yeah, just like right. like insane kind of fringe branch of metal. But Varg Vikernes, he um, headed up the band Burzum, and then he, for whatever reason, just got more and more extreme. He was known as, like, the extreme music guy. But he uh, stabbed and killed his guitar player, Damn. Euronymous, I, I believe his name was. And so they put him in prison, and I watched interviews with him. There is a book called Lords of Chaos that documents the entire, like, Norwegian, Swedish, Finnish, you know, black metal scene. Yeah. But I watched videos of him after he was in prison. It was this nice little one-bedroom apartment. He could still make music and release albums. <laughs> <laughs> you go in there and interview him. You know, he's talking on the phone. Yeah, and it was just oh, like, yeah, phone. <laughs> yes. They had like a completely different. T- it's very similar to what you just showed me there. Yeah. So what we know in America as prison. You know, it's you just imagine there's one producer who didn't have the final say in this show. And on this episode, you know, before they went to record it, he's like, you guys. Just trust me, we cannot do Scandinavia. Yeah. Right? There's nothing gnarly or about we can, Scandinavia. But we need different music because yeah. the two don't jive with well, each other. Well, that's what eventually happened is like, no, we're doing Finland, all right? And he's just like, fuck, all right. I just put some like light classical music behind it. He's <laughs> <laughs> just working as hard as he can. Cut again to the tattoos. We need more face tattoos. And, the, and then, okay, in with the heavy music. Yes, yes, we're making it seem gnarly. When you step back and look at it, you're just like, this is a fucking country club. Yeah. Like the, con- the conservatives in America complain about prisoners going to country clubs. Yeah. They have nothing no, on Finland. No idea. <laughs> uh, well, uh, you know what? It's almost at the 15-minute mark in the show where we traditionally do our uh, prediction. Okay. Well, not traditionally. The new tradition. Um, do you have one? Yeah, I got one off the top of my head. Let's hear it. I think this might be fairly obvious to anyone that's... Liberty Tree prediction incoming. At all paying attention to the basic facts of what's going on in Israel with Hamas right now. But 
Hold on. It turns out most people are not. <laughs> right. Although strongly opinionated. But um, they just had everyone flee from the north to the south. Uh, of Israel? Of Gaza. And so, and they began, they're beginning their ground assault there. And Gaza already the, I believe is the third most popular, um, densely populated place in the world is they moved everyone from the north to south. It was already, there's too many, two million people in this tiny little spot. And they're beginning, Israel's beginning the ground invasion in Gaza. And basically they took all these people in this incredibly densely populated area moved it in, like, basically cut the land area in half. Like, we're going to shell the shit out of this one spot. And I th- my prediction is Israel will then claim the north of Gaza as their own and put on a tire squeeze of the Palestinian people. So you'll have 2 million people basically in half the amount of room that they had before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think that's a pretty safe prediction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like it. I think that I don't like it. Um... I just want everyone to get along, man. You know, it's kind of my thing. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're weird uh, fringe right-wingers like that. Um, you know, uh, I just want to go on the record here that you and I are of a very rare opinion when it comes to uh, the war and the pending war in Israel mm-hmm. and everywhere else. I don't mean that uh, the people that we know don't have this <clears throat> same opinion or maybe probably the people that are, you know, blessed to uh, listen to our show every week. Mm-hmm. Um, probably, I would assume, share this opinion. Actually, if you don't share the opinion I'm about to express, please write in and and, and tell us. Kelly at LibertyTreeLifestyle.com. Uh, the opinion is... That we believe war is wrong. And what we see happening right now is a push towards war. Absolutely. It was almost like the whole world needed just the slightest nudge to be completely 100% all in on war. And again, when I say the whole world, I don't necessarily mean real people. I mean the media mm-hmm. and everyone that's posting stuff online and everyone that's reporting on this is just 100% all in for this war. Yeah. And they might be on two different sides of it. One side or they the other. They don't care. Yeah, correct. They just want the war. Yeah. We have got to do this. We have got to fight. And it's just, you, you, know you and I, are our opinion, just to make it, you know, hit it again on the head with a hammer over and over again, is that we're anti-war. Want people to stop dying. Dying. <laughs> uh, you know what I thought a lot about with, uh, over the last week as I was kind of following this stuff and I'm a, I'm a nerd, so I like to look into the history of places. I always have, I have years before looked into the history of this place because it's just such a kind of fascinating phenomenon. Yeah. It seems to be embroiled in a constant increasing conflict. And so you go, why is that? Mm-hmm. And you, and you go in and it made me think, I was thinking about this a lot over the weekend while we were camping and it made me think about the skeptic brain. I was like, what? It, this is a, a, a beautiful exercise because I have a, um, a reluctance to join on when everyone starts saying the same thing. As I always, like, you know, intellectually pull back, like, why is everyone saying the same thing? It's the same reason, like, let's all get in line for the new iPhone. Like, why? 
Like, okay, that's the last thing I'm going to do. Like, this this is scary to me. This is, yeah. like, kind of eerie. And now we have the iPhone psychology, except for now it's murdering millions of people, for example. Yeah. And so you think about, I thought about the notion of the skeptic brain. And remember we did this a couple episodes ago. We talked about one of the most useful tenets of the skeptic brain. It's you are giving yourself the permission to ask questions the same way that I did during 9-11. Just asking questions, like for the stuff that doesn't make sense. Like I'm not going to do just jump in rah, rah, rah for whatever the narrative is, right? They hate our freedom. Uh, you know, I'm going to order some freedom fries. Let's start bombing the shit out of other countries on the other side of the world going like, you maybe think that mentality had something to do with where we got here, for example. And so the skeptic brain, you know, people don't. 9-11, you're like, um, how, I'm not, I'm not being crazy here, but how, explain to me how Tower 7 fell again. Like, I'm a little unclear on that. Like, uh, jet fuel melts steel beams, but we found Muhammad Atta's passport laying in the rubble, like at the feet of a FBI agent or, or someone from the DHS. Like, that, I'm just... I'm just categor- I'm cataloging the things that just kind of are standing out as like being a little incongruent with reality, for example. I'm not saying I'm right or wrong. I have a narrative. I'm pushing for one side or the other. You know, I hate America. I'm with, the ter- you know, I'm with the terrorists, as George Bush would say. But these are definitely like questions I would want answered, which I think is the beauty of the skeptic brain. Yeah. Gives you the permission to ask those questions. So the first thing that I noticed, and I have no dog in this fight. I'm not pro Hamas. I'm not pro Israel. I'm the same thing. It's like I want people to stop dying. Like no, I want a- I want to stop this this is How not can- this is what drives me nuts is that a lot of this seems to be built uh, upon like the foundation, like the ideological foundation of like Hamas just they fucking twisted off one day and went in and just started killing people. It's the craziest thing because they hate democracy or they hate freedom or they hate Jews or whatever it is. You're like, I, that doesn't make sense to me. Like, what, what, let's look at the history of, of this spot. And so then when, of course, everything that comes out in the beginning, you go like, just, it, this drives me crazy. Hillary Clinton said, like, it doesn't matter. The lie becomes the truth if you just tell it enough. And usually the first thing during these, you know, conflicts it always turns out to be completely false. All the footage we're seeing, you know, very quickly, like so many of the things that went viral, you're like, that's from 2017. That's from Ukraine, you know what I mean? Or the Ukraine war. It's like, that girl, the, here's a girl, here's a, a young girl yelling at Russian soldiers. I'm like, wait a minute, but it's February and she's in a tank top and shorts and five minutes of research going like, ironically, that's from the Israel-Palestine border. That had nothing to do with Ukraine as is many of the videos that we're seeing. They're just not, they're, you know, the roles were reversed or it's videos from almost a decade ago. And so the skeptic brain asks questions. And so like the first things I notice, you go like, why am I seeing footage given that this is true or accurate? Like I'm seeing Hamas and the IDF both trying to kill each other using the U.S. military issued M4. Like, can someone explain that to me? That's a little odd. Or you go like, this is ostensibly the most secure militarized, militarized border in the entire world. It's 34 mm-hmm. miles long. And Hamas, a ragtag group of you know, right-wing militants, you know, religious fanatics, breached it in 30 different spots. Yeah, but uh, the problem, see, you're, the, I understand where you're coming from, mm-hmm. but you have to think about the technology. Their Air Force. Yes, yes, they were underestimated in the ability to uh, put together an air force. Uh, 
Yes, that was being witnessed, them drilling this exact exercise for the weeks preceding the attack by the IDF. And they go like, well, it's probably nothing. Yes, it but might be with, the, with the tourism industry of Gaza, uh, it was a clear mistake. Taking to the Israel-Palestine border. <laughs> the Israelis clearly mistook what they were doing for tourism practices rather than military practices. So the skeptic brain just asks questions. And then you go like... Has anyone, does anyone find it at all a little weird that so many members of Congress bought stock, like went big on stock with Raytheon, Boeing, and Lockheed Martin in the week preceding the attack? Like, oh, did that happen? I didn't that know. did happen. Yeah. Yes. And See, you that's saw the, thing, the stocks of those companies went up, uh, I think, that by the day after, like almost 30% for each one of those companies. Your question is falling on deaf ears because... Yeah, and I know this. Nobody who is actually outraged did looked into anything. No. Did any sort of they, research. I, I support the current thing. The current thing is all that matters. And it would be and just you got like... Linsky over here like, hey, guys, guys, over here. Like, come, come, come on. Right? <laughs> come on. Um, it's, to me, like... If you even have an opinion on Israel and Gaza, I'm I'm skeptical. Yeah, me too. Like, how much do you really know about it? Because even the people that that I know who do know about the history, um, even they, their opinions are clouded by certain dogmas and things that's just so wrapped up in the Israel question. Yeah, you know. But it would be like if, um, like Kazakhstan and uh, Armenia apparently are beefing right now, and as yeah, well as half of Africa. You know that the day but that this it is comes the one out, that we need to get involved. In. Day, you know that the day that it comes out that this uh, war or you know military skirmish is breaking out in Kazakhstan and Armenia, mm-hmm. that there's going to be an acceptable opinion right on what's going on there. Yeah. And every, just like the Turkey thing, remember when we were abandoning Turkey and the Kurds were going to just um, be annihilated in the north of Iraq and it was just this, this humanitarian disaster waiting to happen and everyone had an opinion on it? Yeah. And then what happened? For about a week. Yeah, exactly. And then <laughs> yes. it was like, so is anyone that was saying something back then about how they knew for sure 100% we have to support the Kurds? Ask them now, what happened to the Kurds? Yeah. They're not going to know. Did they get wiped out? Are they still there? I'll, I'll did do they, you, I'll, did I'll, they leave? Are they? I guarantee they have no idea what you're even talking about now. I'll do you one better. Is that for the people, and boy, is this overlap fucking hefty. For the people that are have this strong, staunch, like unrelenting opinion on we need to stand with Palestine or Israel or whatever it is, just start asking some questions. Ask uh-huh. basic questions. Okay, number one, find it on a map for me. Where's on like you you have this emotional like aggressive opinion find it on the map yeah and then just go like when was Israel established that came from I heard someone going like we need to stand with Israel blah blah blah, blah. like you know they these people have been at war for hundreds of years and like now's the time to like fix this somehow you're looking at it like and this is like a blue check mark on Twitter you're like Israel was established in 1948 how on earth could they have been at war for hundreds of years that well, makes no sense did, like, did they you, s- like <laughs> Dude, 90 seconds on Wikipedia. Tens of years is more accurate. Did they write one zero zero? Because maybe they accidentally put an extra zero. Okay. Or did they write out the word hundreds? <laughs> then there's no excuse. Could yeah. have been a typo. <laughs> Could have been a typo. Give them a break, man. It's, <laughs> well, even when you said that the north of Gaza 
was going to be in your prediction that it was going to be taken over by which I mean it's being taken over slowly bit by bit. Well, I had to pull up the map on the screen here because I didn't even know that there was a north of Gaza. There's a north of everything. <laughs> I know, <laughs> but if it's oriented, if it's oriented sideways, then you're taking over the north is hard because the, the border is so long. It's all oriented sideways. You know It'd what be I'm like taking over the 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 west of Baja California. <laughs> you know, that's like hard. It's so long. Or the west of Chile. <laughs> You know, Israel being established, and I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on Israel and the history of it, but the bare bones of it, it being established in 1948, and then co- immediate conflict, you know, in the entire region. And they, their area, you know, known as, you know, the Gaza Strip, mm-hmm. is, you could say that it's a little weird to say that Israel's going to go in and occupy the north at this point, which would, could be a prediction, which they're doing. They're bombing the shit out of it right now. So they took, yeah. there's too many people, two million people, too many, also too many, but there's two million people in there already so densely populated and going like, we're going to move you to half the spot, bomb the shit. You, if you, you can stay if you want, but we're going to bomb the shit out of it. A lot of militants are staying behind to like fight the fight, right? But well, and you, not only militants, but if, people if, who don't have the means to right, and if you leave look at the or ge- have anywhere to go, if you look at the basically the geopolitical landscape of that area and just the geography of it, it's completely surrounded by Israel and Egypt on the south, right? Right, and Israel and you know in cahoots with Egypt has basically made a military blockade. There's two there's two gates out of the Gaza Strip. One goes into Israel, which they're like, you're not coming through here. One goes into Egypt, you're not coming through here. And on the, on the other side is the sea. Mm-hmm. Now, they're allowed to go out and fish, but they're Not is, very far, though. No, I think it's up to two miles. I think it's two miles. Even if you accidentally go out there, they'll blow your, blow your you know, the IDF will blow your boat out of the water. Right, because clearly you're a terrorist if you're going more than two miles yeah. out to sea. And you, if you look at the blockades they have made around the country, much like the ones that we have done in conjunction with the Saudis in Yemen, it's like we, we're just slowly going to starve them out. Or we're going to limit the amount of resources, the food, the medicine, the water. Israel controls all the water, electricity, the food. Anything that goes into that country goes through Israel or Egypt. Not much goes through Egypt. It almost entirely goes through Israel. These people being diametrically opposed and mortal enemies of each other. You can imagine how that ends up for all these Palestinians, right? Mm-hmm. Is they have been an abject, increasing abject poverty basically starting with the first war they had in like 1967 and there was another military skirmish in 1973. Israel won both of those wars and they basically, we don't occupy it, but you kind of do. It's basically, it's a prison they cannot You keep saying we. Yeah, you. I meant you. I meant you. Oh, okay. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I meant you. For clarifying. Well, it is kind of we because Israel, we are such staunch allies with Israel. You know, we stand with Israel no matter what. You know, you can go into the history of that, which I'm not going to go into right now. Like, I haven't done nearly enough digging. This has gone on for so long and is so, like, geopolitically complex. It's almost like you, you'd you have to spend your life's work, like, trying to understand what's going on with this region. Point being is that when people see a video on Instagram or Twitter and immediately make up their mind and go, like, I'm saying with them, they're the good guys and they're the bad guys. It is so much more complex and nuanced than that. And it's incredibly irresponsible to just shoot your mouth off like that. And some of these people are men and women of, you know, 
public significance. Congressman, yeah, for example. And when you get that in the closet, fucking blood-soaked monster, fucking Lindsey Graham goes, my stars, we just need to turn the place into glass. And you're like, okay, that can be your position. I understand. You're like, you're an Israel sycophant, right? And you have, but the next thing I want for to come out of your mouth is that you are okay with killing a million children. There's a million children under the age of 15 in Palestine right now. We're going to give them 12 hours to escape. Okay. We're going to give a million people 12 (laughs) hours to completely relocate and go to the (laughs) other end of their already prison. And I'm not saying I'm for Israel. They just go into Israel. But for the people that say this, for the people that go like, yeah, you just got to nuke the shit out of Hamas. They're like, well, what is Hamas? How, how did Hamas come to fruition? Where do you get a Hamas? Is it the same way that we got an Al-Qaeda and a Boko Haram and an ISIS? Is it you go in and devastate and, and put a, an entire population in abject poverty, starve them to death, famine, dying from easily well, curable it's even, diseases? It's even worse than that. It was actually an organization that was funded and supported by Israel. Israel yeah. <laughs> and the CIA. Yeah. Dude, too, because we want to, at that time, battle, battle of, correct me if I'm wrong, Yasser Arafat and the PLO. So... Just like we created Al-Qaeda. Well, the actually, I just heard quotes. I don't know if it was Scott Horton talking about it or it was on uh, Dave Smith, but uh, the, the quotes from Israeli either Sharom uh, uh, or their defense minister or the equivalent mm-hmm. uh, back in the day, their direct quotes in the media were saying that we need Hamas I'm butchering this, so please yeah. you know, look this up yourself. Don't take my word for it. But we need Hamas because we need uh, to have the governing body or the, the people in charge of the West Bank to be extremists. Mm-hmm. We can't have them being reasonable because if they're reasonable, then they're allowed to, you know, that the people will eventually be allowed to vote and will eventually have to give them a, a two-state solution, their own state or whatever. Mm-hmm. It is so much more advantageous for us to have extremists at the helm for these people because no one in the world is going to take the extremists Side seriously. Note, Al-Qaeda, side note ISIS, side note you know, Boko Haram. That's how we get these organizations. And think about even shorter term, right? So let's ignore the history, the complex history, right? Like you have to go back all the way back to 1948. Like how did we get here? Which would take some homework, which no one is willing to do because they don't care. It's like I want to accept whatever narrative is given to me. But let's just take, let's say, all right, the place is fucked up. That's our starting point, right? We're not even, we're going to ignore the history. We're going to ignore what, you know, has been done to the Palestinian people up to now. We're going to ignore what's being done to the people of Israel. And like, we're here now, right? This isn't, as I was saying before, Hamas didn't just twist off one day like, man, let's just go invade Israel and see how it turns out for us. I mean, they will be, Israel has one of the most powerful militaries in the entire world, especially since it's backed by the U.S., but when you think about, like, this has been going on for decades, including the wars in 1967 and 1973, is think about just, like, put yourself in the minds of the people in Palestine who are already in abject poverty, and their, their money is worth nothing. It's almost impossible. Like, one of the few things they rely on is fishing, which now, like, we have a two-mile border. We can go out and fish. I would guess that those waters are overfished, and so you get the... You know, the, the, the dad trying to support his family, he goes out and like, I'm, I'm just going to test the border a little bit and see if I can get, you know, make a couple dollars for my family or bring some fish home so we can eat where his boat gets fucking blown out of the water. He's got three kids at home. All of a sudden, the breadwinner of the family who was barely making it up to that point is gone. 
And he's got, let's just say, a three-year-old, a seven-year-old, and a 10-year-old at home. And he come home like, yeah, the IDF just blew your family up. And so you get, in 2007, Hamas takes over the government. This very far right, they are a terrorist organization. They are, they are militant, fucking terrible people. Mm-hmm. What do you think those kids are going to do? They're going to join Hamas? Or are they going to go like, no, nah, let's give peace a chance. Mm-hmm. Those kids are going to join Hamas. That's how we get to where we are right now. Yeah. And it drives me nuts that the history of this area is entirely fucking ignored just because of what they saw on CNN. I'd like to hear, too, and uh, we should, I don't want to put him on the spot, but one of our uh, friends <clears throat> I was having this conversation with recently, and his stance is much more... Reese Witherspoon? Into, that was with her knife. Uh, it, was, it was much more uh, in defense of... We didn't... More obscure inside jokes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. We should try to alienate our audiences more. Even more. more. Yeah. Even more. <laughs> um, his support of Israel is much uh, more forgiving than ours, or his, his uh, he sees Israel's right to exist in a different way than, than I do. Yeah. Let's just say I don't even really know what you're position is on it and i would like I, to hear I, him i don't say, have one <clears throat> well but you're you're what you're saying well what you're saying i think makes sense and i would like to hear someone who does have a position on it try to either defend israel's right to exist or defend palestine's right to exist based on these facts and maybe do i have the facts wrong mm-hmm. and what i believe those facts to be are that before world war ii this region, the east bank of the Mediterranean Sea, mm-hmm. by all accounts, probably a desirable desirable place for anyone to live. Right. Probably some of the best weather in the world, fertile, um, easy, central place to live in the world. That this, before World War II, this area was not inhabited by a Jewish state. Right. Maybe Jews lived there. I wouldn't doubt that. Mm-hmm. Uh, then after World War II, there was a decision made by people that whose authority I think is questionable. Superseded <laughs> in their own heads the people that already lived there. And said, now we're going to carve out a state, a, an, a section here mm-hmm. uh, for the Jewish people. And the you know Israel would say, well, we're not you know entirely Jewish in our state. There are Muslims and Christians that live there, but it's eighty percent Jewish. Mm-hmm. Okay, so a religious state was carved out of this I, area. I believe it's eighty-seven percent Jewish. I think uh, two two percent Christian, and I think the rest is Muslim or mm-hmm. or other. Well, right. Palestine so people is, that defend it would say that, well, Muslims are allowed to live in Israel. Mm-hmm. And vice versa. So my question is, where do really. I where do I have it wrong? That we're not the were people not displaced by the the Jewish state being put there? Mm-hmm. And if I have that wrong, you know, I'd like to hear what the the counter to that is. But that's what it seems like to me. Believe the so we're looking at a map here of the original borders of Palestine and the yeah, current versus 19, the current. 1946, so, 1947, blah, 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 1949, up to 2007. Yeah, so this is almost nothing. 
This is what the, what do they call this? The West Bank? No, West Bank's on the other side. This is. <laughs> oh, no, that is the West this Bank. This is Gaza. Yeah. And this is the West Bank, right? Right. So the map that we're looking at uh, is just showing kind of how those areas shrink. And so this actually goes to your prediction. Uh, notice these, because one of the ongoing kind of uh, issues is the idea of settlements that are happening in this area. The original UN plan did not give all of this land to Israel. A lot of it was supposed to be preserved, yet they didn't start out with two states. It's not like there's a Palestinian state. These were just kind of like occupied territories or non-state territories, and they've just shrunk and shrunk and shrunk over time. And, um, yeah, I just, I don't know. I would like to hear what the argument for that being okay is. I don't even take it that far. I mean, we should get there. But right now, there's such a more like kind of atrocious thing going on, and that's the people that are, I mean, presumably calling for war to like glass the place to attack yeah. Hamas, and you know, Hamas is just the government. It, it, it'd be like if if someone yelled at us for the atrocities that our government has committed in Yemen and Syria, you know, Jordan, Egypt. Um, Afghanistan, Pakistan, Somalia. I'm like, how, how long do you want the list to be? It would be like someone yelling at us for the atrocities that our government committed um, up until 1865 mm-hmm. with slavery. Right. Okay. That happened. Yes. And now we're still suffering for that, allegedly. Right. Even though the wrong was righted, it will never be enough. No. And this is that's what this is. Even if you turned that area to glass, which if you did, it would soon, you know, as soon as it was habitable, people would move back in there because it's a nice place to live. Think about what that entails to go back to Lindsey Graham. And there's other people, you know, our elected officials, I'm using my finger quotes there, are saying that just turn the place to glass. It's Hamas. They're a terrorist organization. They are a terrorist organization. They're, they're awful people. But what comes along with that is killing a million children. Let's just take just the children. Like, well, like you have to, I want that to be in the next sentence that comes out of your mouth. Like turn the place into glass. Just like, just bomb the shit out of them. We could wipe them, wipe them off the face of the map, off the face of the map. Okay. But the next thing I want to come out of your mouth is let's just say, I'm not even going to assume that you know any basic history of like what's going on in this region. The next thing I want to come out of your mouth is I'm okay with killing a million children. It's the same thing as Madeleine Albright when we were in Iraq and they brought up the fact like, Hey, we were up over, we, we have a mortality rate of over 500,000 innocent civilians in Iraq, children and women, the majority of, he's okay. like, are you going to find that, you think it's going to be worth it in the end? And she looks right in the camera, she goes, yeah, mm-hmm. I think it'll be worth it, it was, in the end. And you go like, worth it. you're a fucking psychopath, you're yeah. going to hell. No, she like, said it was worth it. Yeah, she said it was worth it. Here's the problem. We, let's just say we do that. Okay, your enemies have been defeated. Now all Israelis can rest easy that there is no Hamas in inside Israel, okay? Are you guys going to just kind of integrate now with the rest of your neighbors? No, because they all hate you too. Yeah. So you are never going to be able to give up this victimhood. Even if you nuke Gaza and the West Bank, then what are you going to do? You're going to have to nuke Egypt and nuke Jordan, Jordan, Syria, and Iran. <laughs> you know, when does it stop? When do you finally stop being the victim Yeah. here? And that's kind of what I see is that driving all of this is that Israel needs victimhood in order to be to exist. 
I was talking to you about that. So you're pro Palestine, is what you're saying? <laughs> well, that's I know that's kind of what it you, you get it, painted I, into that picture, yeah, right? I know. It it's just like us always saying, joking about we're not Trump supporters, but I got to defend the guy. We're and, joking when we say that. Or I mean, we're not, but we're joking. It's like, but it's also you're kind of kidding on the square. It's like, why do I feel the need that I have constantly have to say that? I have to say yeah. like to to people, you know, they're like. It's, it's insane what Hamas did. Like, we just need to level the place. I'm like, well, there's a history to look at. There's a reason why Hamas exists. There's a reason why they come to power. There's a reason why a country supports it. I'm like, it's not, it's very nuanced. There's there's not, this isn't black or white. And you got to go like, listen, I'm not a Hamas supporter. And you're like, it's so ridiculous that I have mm-hmm. to say this. I, you know, I'm not, I'm not pro-Israel either. Here's where I'm at is we need to stay the fuck out of it. That's my opinion. That's a very mature opinion. My, the analogy that I think of is that Americans are like battered children mm-hmm. that grow up in a violent household. Right. And so we know, all we know is that if there's a conflict, the solution start punching is violence. Right. And so as soon as this skirmish, this attack happened, uh, where which was horrific, terrible... T- you know, violent terrorists attacked innocent people, killed innocent people in Israel, which is awful. Reached the most secure military border in the entire world in 30 different places. Well, they had parasails, Matt. You keep overlooking this. Paragliders (laughs) and American-made M4s. (laughs) Um, uh, Don't think for a second that I forgot what I was about to say. I lost my train of thought because I did not. I did not think that. Uh, what I was going to say, oh, is that exact, as soon as, what I was going to say is that as soon as we see any sort of conflict in the world, our knee-jerk reaction is, well, let's get some violence going. We yeah. can we can handle this with violence. Right. And you and I, being the advanced homo this, sapiens this terrible, that we are. This terrible violence, we can yes, fix it with more with violence. More violence. More that violence. is the solution. Now, yes, I believe in self-defense. And that's why we need you to pay taxes. <laughs> Yes, yes. I, I what about the roads? Exactly. I believe in self-defense as much as the next guy, but every solution isn't uh, violence. So we were hanging out uh, this weekend mm-hmm. with some feds. And Which was fun. <laughs> we The couple of campsites over from us were a bunch of law enforcement guys, and Matt noticed... You noticed who they were because you saw the stickers on the truck that said right. uh, "State of Jefferson" and what was the other one about guns? Uh, or something? Black guns matter. Black guns, which matter. is funny because the guy I talked to that guy about a sticker. I'm yeah, like, I, I see. You got a Black Guns Matter sticker. You, you know what's funny is I had someone flip me off about that sticker and call me a racist. I was all, really? Did you have time to yell back at them that Black Guns Matter is the organization put together by Maj Touré, who was a black, yeah. who was a black guy, like a Second Amendment? advocate he goes nah it's like what, what do you do with those people i don't even think he knew that i don't think he did either because he I told his him, I sticker like, to I, him means i was like, like you know that organization is mosh he's like no and i told him that and he goes that's really interesting yeah he's like i wish i wouldn't known that <laughs> i wouldn't have put that sticker on my truck <laughs> what he, was thinking. <laughs> he meant like the color black guns yeah. matter like so yeah I urge uh, anyone to check out Mastre if you want to, if you're interested in Second Amendment advocate rights mm-hmm. and conflict resolution. Mastre is like one of the kings. Mm-hmm. He's like a upper crust, like amazing. Like he's the work he's doing is really incredible. Yeah, he's awesome. 
Um, and he's this end and just uh, not to pat our team on the back, but he's he had the same things to th- say that we are saying right now about what's going on with Hamas and Israel. He's like, dude, you have to. There's such a deep history here. You can't just shoot your mouth off saying like we need to bomb them. Whether you're pro, you think you're pro Israel, you're you think you're pro Palestine. It's much deeper than that. He's like, at the end of the day, U.S., we should just not be involved. We, we have to, at some point, we have to draw the line. What did Dave Smith call it? He's like, why don't we go sober six months? Let's go six months without starting a war or getting involved in a military conflict. Yeah. Just try it. Let's just see how it feels. You know, and then we'll start calling Somalia and Syria and making our amends. Like, hey, I'm real sorry, uh, Yemen, about that blockade that killed, you know, cholera and famine and starvation and dehydration that killed millions of your you know, citizens. Like, uh, man, if you could just extend the olive branch here, that that would be great. You know, and then we'll call Somalia and then we'll call, you know, Afghanistan and then we'll call Pakistan and just make our amends. Let's, let's just see how it feels. You know what I mean? We do a sober October. Not not this year, obviously. <laughs> but you know, we, us and our friends do like a sober month. Like it's just let's just kind of recalibrate here for a little bit and see what it's like. They were uh, fun to hang out with, though. Yes. How about that guy handing me his loaded pistol? Uh, we had four or five guys handing us loaded, loaded pistols. <laughs> no, everyone else's pistol was not loaded. Oh, yeah. That dude handed it to me, and I just I kind of looked in the chamber just to see if it was loaded. And there was a bullet in there. And I was like, oh shit! And I so I ejected it. And then I realized there was a magazine in the in, you, you in the dropped, gun as you well. You dropped the round, took out the mag, but but when you drop the round, it means you load another round. Yeah, so I had to. <laughs> well, so you, got, I, you got another one because I didn't realize there had a magazine in it, and yeah. then I dropped the magazine out and had to pull that one out. And I was like, "Dude, you just handed me a loaded gun." All of that, his friends too were like, "This is how people get shot." That was <laughs> interesting. So I wanted him to feel what it was like with the because because the one like, guy was saying like, "Dude, easy," like you're waving that thing all over. I'm like, "Well, you're supposed to." clear your gun like don't hand someone a loaded gun like that yeah well i would never hand someone a loaded yes gun yeah and he, well, these he, guys were all cops and all kind of uh, he, he was in the wrong there it was yeah and yeah. i i was being safe with it yeah. i just and i checked like i always do to see if it was loaded and it was and i thought there was just one bullet left in the chamber yeah but it turns out there was a full magazine in there and i had to deal with the situation but uh those guys were they giving all, us the worst advice because all of them have qualified immunity or you know, zero <laughs> yeah. chance of ever getting busted. They're like, fuck that California legal <laughs> shit. I would just, I go, look, here's my magazine. It has 18 in the, in the magazine, one in the chamber. Yo, 17 plus like, one. I'm yeah. fine. Yeah. You'll like, come after me. I'm protected by this organization and this union. Yeah. I'm like, Good for yeah, you. Yeah, well, it's great, but yeah, not, not us so much. Anyway, so the the abused children, let me just finish my uh, abused children analogy here. Anytime we see any sort of conflict, we the knee-jerk reaction is we have to go to war. That's how we solve it. And I'm here to say there could be some other solutions. There, right. there are obviously other things that we can do to solve this problem besides just going to war, right? I mean, what kind of just monkey thinks that the only solution to foreign uh, foreign affairs is... Violence is more violence. War. Yeah. I mean, look at the damage that it's done in just in our lifetimes and how many terrorists are fighting against the United States and against Israel. And in their words, I mean, Osama bin Laden's written declaration of war against America, 
is a great example of this, that you you guys bombed the shit out of our countries. You killed so many people in our countries for no reason. That's why we're going to war with you. Right or wrong. I'm not saying that I you know, think that his reaction of violence towards us was the right one either. Yeah. But violence begets more violence. Right. And even the people that you look to right now that... Going back to what I was saying when we first started this conversation, um, you and I are, we have in rare company, and I'm sure we will get some, a little bit of pushback from this episode from our friends, mm-hmm. but we don't believe that there should be any more violence. We think that de-escalating what's going on over in Israel is the best solution possible. Yeah. But what you hear from like Vivek Ramaswamy, who is allegedly our boy... <laughs> is that the, <laughs> I know nothing about that guy. The problem. I give a shit about him. He says that uh, this this is going to be a distraction and going to push, uh, encourage China to take advantage and invade Taiwan. Taiwan, and that we need to be hawkish on Taiwan. He's, Which he's no, just another one of them. We do he's not another one of them again yeah. with the violence. Yeah, like anytime there's a conflict, it's like okay, we got to be violent. Back. That's let's bomb the shit. Let's teach him a lesson. Let's bomb the shit out of him. Yeah, I I have changed my mind. I came from a smarty pants college, you know, pseudo intellectual, you know, anti war nine eleven and invading Iraq was like kind of my red pill, my turning point. When I was like, wait a minute, why are we invading Iraq? And then I just started to question everything. I already had a kind of that contrarian brain, but. I have changed my mind on so many issues, especially when you start having a family. You, you, your worldview, your perspective on reality changes quite a bit and how things should be run. I will say this. The one thing I have been completely consistent on my entire life is anti-intervention and anti-war. It has never changed. It's funny to me that that has gone from a bleeding heart liberal you dipshit leftist position to now, I'm, you know, Ukraine... And now here with Israel, like, no, we should not be involved. Like, I like, stop fucking around in other countries. Ten out of ten ex- experts agree that if you bomb the shit out of someone and kill someone, their kids will grow up to hate you, and they will act on that accordingly. They'd be flawed if they didn't. I cannot blame them. Do you have a source for that do. study? No. <laughs> <laughs> you look at Taiwan. Who the fuck cares about Taiwan? Why do we give a flying fuck about this tiny little island in the because ocean next the to narrative. China? It's like this is the thing that we're standing exactly. For. And you tell people we're like it's the that, it's the what's, keystone. What, what's going on in in with Hamas and Israel right now has been going on for decades in like several African countries. We don't care about that. Yeah, what we we are actually doing this in Yemen, and we did this in Syria. That's not what we're talking about. This one's different. Like, this one's different. Same with Ukraine. Like, the same people that are telling you that Saddam had WMDs and then we need to invade and, you know, had to quote Don Rumsfeld, you're like, well, in the area to Crete, he's basically the labs are sl- uh, slightly north, south, east, and west of there. And you're like, D- who is fucking buying this? Like, who is fucking buying this? And we killed almost a million people because of people like that giving those speeches. And the same people, all these, like, bleeding heart liberals, leftists, myself included, who said, like, this this dude is a murderous psychopath. All of a sudden, like the switch is flipped. We're like, no, we got it right this time. So we need to go into Ukraine. We need to go into Israel. You know, like we need to turn Palestine into glass. We need to wage war against China. 
Yeah, we to need, defend we need, Taiwan. Right. Bullshit. It's like what has changed? Right. I'd like let's just take the last thirty years of every country we've been involved in. Has any one of those things worked out to the benefit of the people in that country or right. us? Could we maybe try another approach? It makes you think. Maybe this is being done for another reason. guys want to support the show listening to it is not enough tell your friends tell your family go to patreon and become a subscriber to get all sorts of cool shit that i will probably forget to send you but if you remind me eventually you will get that free shit on the third or fourth time just ask any patreon member out there they've <laughs> they've all received their cool shit also uh, rating and reviewing on whatever app you're listening on allegedly helps us, although I'm skeptical of that. Honestly, if if you could turn us on to one of your friends or one of your family members or uh, just a random coworker, we would appreciate it. And uh, as always, tag us on Instagram, and Matt and I will buy you a sandwich. Also, we're about to unveil our new hot sauce line. Oh, how that Jesus. is going to How that's going to roll out, we're not exactly sure. But it's going to be free for certain people. We just don't know Yes, how we're going to make that decision yet. In fact, if you're listening right now and you want the hot sauce, send us an email. We would definitely send you some. Yeah, we just decided. Email us. We'll send you some <laughs> free hot sauce and some stickers. Dude, the chilies, I fucking forgot to bring it to you. Yeah. I, I pulled one today and tasted it, and I was going to bring it to you. The hybrid that I did of the, I think they were pasillas, and jalapenos mm-hmm. last year are fucking delicious. Nice. They look almost like a green bean, like a long green yeah. pepper. They're fantastic. Very nice. Yeah. It might be a candidate for our uh, pepper. I like that. Pepper of choice. And it's ours. Like, we own the, the DNA. Kind of a little Monsanto. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Spin on things. How it all started. Okay. So while the latest shiny object was weighed in front of our faces, this week it was Israel and Hamas. Last week it was something else, and before that was something else. Here are 10 headlines. I'm going to pitch these to you guys, and you let me know which one you want to hit. Here are 10 headlines that no, the mainstream media chose not to cover, right? Okay. Cut. And the icon of this is CNN, Fox News, BBC, NPR, Reuters, all the kind of usual nonsense. Okay. Number 10, study hits newly vaccinated with bad news. Yes. These... Uh, articles came out on all the like uh, corporate media. No sites. These are independent journalists that okay. decided to cover stuff. So it was that, not covered yeah, by. Yeah, and okay. they. Sorry. When you so, said the. So a uh, lot of the independent uh, media sources that I follow, they kind of go out of their way, like whatever the new shiny thing is, UFOs. Like, yeah. Okay. What else is going on? Right. Like we're gonna, time to get serious. At the same time, this other thing is still going on. Yeah. So one thing that I brought up earlier is. What was, do you guys remember what the new shiny object was last week? Gaza? It wasn't Israel. It wasn't Gaza. Palestine. Gaza happened Saturday. Got it. <laughs> oh, the Speaker of the House thing? Yeah. Okay. Yes. 
so Kevin McCarthy being ousted and the turmoil that ensued and the bread and circuses continued. And meanwhile, then you do, you check these independent media sources and you're like, oh, Biden just released the funding to start rebuilding the wall, which was, he basically took Trump's blueprint for starting the wall again and started building a wall, which it wasn't exactly four, three blueprint. years ago would have been like, this is horrifically racist. And like, now we're doing that thing. They altered the blueprint a little bit. The spacing on the bars is bigger. And on, also the, on Biden's not, wall. It's not called a wall anymore. It's called a vertical perimeter that would inhibit. It's a sign. <laughs> unregulated. It's a sign that says, please do not cross. As a favor to me. <laughs> it's basically those orange cones that you see in the middle of the road during road work. Yeah. <laughs> It's the uh, it's the metaphor for the stickers on the grocery store that for you to stand six feet apart. Those people, you know, they walked two thousand miles from Venezuela. And they're like, ah, oh, fuck, orange cone. I guess we're gonna turn it around at this point. Good news though, no COVID tests. Come on in. <laughs> okay, so from the top, gave you guys this one. Number ten, study hits newly vaccinated with bad news. That's my current favorite right now. Number nine. Cancers are devastating students after vaccine mandates. Number eight, Rand Paul says lab cover-up will bring Anthony Fauci down. He's been saying that for a while. Number seven, Elon Musk makes bold statement about Hamas on X. We kind of hit that already. Number six, your favorite, animal contraceptive and antibiotics detected in top 10 popular fast food chains. Mm -hmm. Cow condoms. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to which I made the point, if you're eating meat from a fast food establishment, I don't want to hear your bishing up. You deserve about, to eat oh, a what cow you just condom. found out that's in that food. Number five, upgraded toxic ingredients are undeniably present in HPV vaccines. Eh, that one's been kind of going on for a while. Number yeah. four, people are fed up with COVID bo- boosters. Only 2% of Americans have taken the latest shot. I found Interesting. A, I found another headline that says, America is now anti-vax because of this oh, really? statistic. Yes. Okay. Okay. So far, 10, 9, and 4 are uh, my go-tos. Uh, do you guys remember Dr. Zelenko? Zev, they called him. He was, Remind me. He was one of the guys. He's up there with Peter McAuliffe and Robert Malone. Uh, he, was, he was one of the first guys that came out saying, like, this whole COVID thing is nonsense. The thing with the bo- this booster, this COVID shot is dangerous. The booster is dangerous. It's not nearly as deadly as we were talking about, the, the virus, not the vaccine. Yeah. Vaccine, using my fear in quotes there. Right, right. Uh, Dr. Zev Zelenko's bold claim, bold COVID claims have become undeniably true. He died. So, but people are still digging into his work. He was like one of the first guys that came out against like the COVID fuckery. Hmm. How did he die? Uh, he... plane crash and two shotgun blasts to the chest. <laughs> and he tied himself yeah. to a tree before. Yeah, that. he was on a security detail with uh, Hillary Clinton. And then uh, <laughs> number two, pathologist reveals concerning news about turbo cancers. I've been following this one oh, quite a bit. Turbo cancers is uh, back. Uh, yes. Great baby. Uh, they never went away <clears throat> in two, three years. And number one, ivermectin, the drug once labeled horse dewormer, is now showing 15 anti-cancer mechanisms of action. And I have three bonus rounds if you guys want to do those too. Oh, you just did 10, right? Yeah. Okay. I like 10, 9, 4, 3, and 1. Mm-hmm. Jake, you got anything? Jake's on the show, by the way. How about an introduction? Thank you, everybody. <laughs> All right. That's enough. 
Bonus one. Bison organs have some incredible nutritional benefits that the globalists don't want you to know This about. is the bonus? Yeah, these are the bonus rounds. Rounds? Okay. Bonus two. Oncologist unveils why fasting for 48 hours is a potent therapy for COVID vaccine injuries. Okay. Which I've read a couple articles about that, which is kind of I interesting. I think fasting is vastly overlooked in its uh, potential benefits. And bonus three, cattle are being injected with mRNA vaccines, but one beef rancher is taking a stand. We've covered that before on another episode. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I'm still uh, 109431 is my... Uh, Number nine, oncologists. Late stage cancers are devastating students after college vaccine mandates. Here's a report on 72 cases of turbo cancer in ages 18 to 24 in 2023. This is just a small sample of the thousands of tragic stories that are being out there. Uh, this tells, this is centered around the story of a guy named Spencer Ewan, who was diagnosed with a rare desmoplastic small round cell tumor. Are you guys following this at all? Like no. the rates of I didn't cancers? understand a word you just said, by the way. <laughs> a 24-year-old all of a sudden had this. This ties into the other article we had, uh-huh. the turbo cancer. Okay. And the rates, have you seen the interviews with some of the doctors about the turbo cancers? That are coming yeah. Uh, I, I've only heard you talk about it, actually. I don't know much about it, but uh, in the whole died suddenly kind of awareness that's out there right now, when I hear of a young person dying of a rare cancer, my before I hear what they died of, which uh, someone in my work world recently died of a heart attack, mm-hmm. my age, yeah, and of course, first thing I thought was, you know, died suddenly, yeah. some sort of vaccine injury. I'm 100% sure this person was vaccinated. Well, 99% sure. When I hear of someone dying suddenly from a cancer, though, I always go, oh, cancer. Well, yeah, maybe that wasn't a vaccine injury. Mm-hmm. Could it be? Are these, va- are these turbo cancers related to the vaccine? So Dr. Dr. Zev, as they call him, this is what a lot of his work was put up to. Turbo cancer is an anti-vaccination myth centered on the <laughs> Gotta love Wikipedia. Centered on the idea that people vaccinated against COVID-19, especially with mRNA vaccines, are suffering from a high incidence of fast-developing cancers. The myth spread by a number of vaccine opponents and related influencers, including doctors, have no factual basis. No factual basis. So why don't we just take excess mortality rates? Okay. What do you believe them to be for people 18 to 45 you mean besides climate change? <laughs> besides climate, no, all excess mortality rates. You're, what do I think it is? Yeah, other than climate change, other than climate change, uh, just bad luck, probably. Jake. All right. Okay. Mm, oh, so some of the data that I've Putin. seen. What's that? Putin. Putin. <laughs> yes. Of course. Okay. okay. Yes. Yeah, sorry. sorry, I didn't pick up where you were going there. Okay, I got it now. They, some of the peer-reviewed clinical data that I've seen is up to 43%. Now, this, this stuff is incredibly hard to verify. And Unpack, so I'm not, I'm not saying this. Totally go, go into a little bit more detail on that because uh, people hear those numbers and it's like, well, wait a second. What do you mean? So explain so, what, what that means. That okay, the so th- excess mortality is up 43% for certain age groups? Yes, from 18 to 45. So I want you to think back to this. Think about the, do you remember the episode that we did with the guy who was a, I'm trying not to. The insurance guy? The insurance guy. Executive, yeah. 
And what was his main premise for him talking to us? He was telling us that deaths. No, access, I mean, like his his like the know, way he, the way he was entering the conversation. He was like, first and foremost, I'm apolitical. I don't the, I don't have my job is to interpret data and to adjust my business. He he likened it to Vegas. He's the, like, yeah, I'm in the life insurance uh, business. The house always wins. Otherwise, we wouldn't be in insurance business. companies of all industries. They know what's happening. Yeah. Down to a, you know, decimal point of who's dying, why they're dying, what they're dying of, because they have to pay money. His to- Bible is our is the actuary table. He's like, I look at data, and I adjust my business accordingly. Yeah. And what did he see in those actuary tables? Uh, extreme ex- excess mortality, starting when? I don't remember. After the COVID shot was. Released. Oh, you mean when? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. So he he said that it was that obviously the vaccination is killing people. The vaccine, air quotes, vaccine is killing people. Yes, he said like I don't, I didn't go to this. That's which is so why my, he couldn't my tell us his name, by the way, data. or who he worked for. Yeah, was that his company, which I do know the name of his company, is a very big one player, of the, one of the biggest, and they know. According to him, an executive in this company, that yes, the vaccine is causing death and injury. According to the data that he's seeing, he's like, here's when the shot was introduced. Here's these excess mortality rates. I'm adjusting my business, therefore, to accommodate these new numbers. Like, that's my job. I don't care about the vaccine. I don't care who the president is. My job is to interpret this data in a clinical way. I care about making money. I care about making money. Kind of admirable. I was like, totally. I really 100%. like this guy. It's very yeah. forthright and very straight to the chase with, very, your, with the, everything Very Randian, saying. very pure. Now, it's it's almost impossible to get real raw data, much like the footage that we're talking about right. with Hamas and Israel. It's like I, this video could be from another war. They could have switched the script. You know, it's, it's mm-hmm. Palestine and not Israel, whatever it is. You know what I mean? So like we talked about before, that the CDC... Recently, I think three weeks ago, decided to stop reporting excess mortality rates. Does that stay they shut all? down? It, they shut down their website about uh, that was reporting excess mortality. They didn't. Yeah, yeah. They, so they didn't stop collecting the data altogether. But, but the website severe, that they had set up, to, which, which is the VARES program, that's it, severely, it wasn't VARES. VARES is still up and running. Is it? Yeah. I think they've governed it, was, it quite a bit. It though. was the other one, though, that they had. They'd set up this temporary one that was specifically meant to track vaccine injuries. Mm-hmm. And they decided that, well, you know, that's come and gone. We're, you know, yeah. good work, everybody. We're done with that. And now they're not recording those excess mortalities. So when we talk about the walk out the front door test or just like, oh, let's just look at, let's just pretend I know nothing. And here's what I know. Here's like what I know, like CDC shuts down that program. I'm looking at this other clinical data that shows a 43% increase in excess mortality rates could or could not be true. But when all the wind is blowing in one direction, I kind of feel that there's something, there's some meat on that bone. Would you not agree? Yeah, absolutely. Jake? Why don't we get the insurance company's data or what's the release date on that kind of stuff so that... They do it quarterly. Do they? Yeah. So people should be able to put this stuff together. He does. It's, It's out there. It, any journalist that's worth their salt could go, and they really wanted to get to the bottom of this issue, could go look at that data and report on it. But that's not happening in mainstream 
Journalism. So what do you guys think is the psychology behind... Would you look that up, actually? The uh, the CDC shuts down their vaccine injury reporting uh, website or somewhere to so, that effect. So let's let's just shoot from the hip here. What do you think is behind the psychology of, like, as a culture, of why something like information like that does not catch on? I mean, we know the obvious answer. Are we talking about VARES? Sorry. It's not VARES. Okay. It's another website that they had uh, that was tracking vaccine injuries. Well, there's... From a human perspective, just a regular Joe Mm -hmm. living on the street, it's definitely much easier to take good news than bad news. But all we get is bad news. But if you're uh, to reject bad news, so it's very easy. Okay, correct me if I'm wrong. When you say good news, it's not necessarily good news. It's news that supports the narrative that's already in my head. Yes, that makes you feel good, not have to question the your core beliefs, question your own existence in some cases. Right? It is much easier for you to take the the news that confirms your existence as it is. Which to, is something today. that we talked about before is that if you if you are one of those people, if you're one of those NPCs, you know, the status or whatever, I just like when people go when you go like that one thing is that one thing is wrong, by the way. V safe. That's yeah. what it's called. What you're saying is is factually incorrect. Like here's the data that supports my position. <clears throat> it's people's complete reluctance to even listen. This is why people get angry about I'm using my finger quotes here, conspiracy theories. People's reluctance to even like hear like something that runs diametrically opposed to what's rattling around in that hamster cage of a brain of theirs is because like, well, if that thing's wrong, then maybe everything <laughs> Because I've taken this all as the Bible, everything that MSNBC says, for example, or Fox or CNN or whatever it is, whatever the mainstream narrative is, is if that one thing's wrong, like, shit, maybe everything is wrong. And it's the people that shut down, what we talked about, the skeptic part of the brain. That, that goes yeah. into um, normative conformity. It's like, no, like, I, that's not how my brain works. My brain works like I want to be part of the tribe. I want to go along with the flow. I don't want to be accused of you know, deviant thinking going against the narrative and at least asking questions is what is what to, you know, as we talked about in the beginning of the episode is what the skeptic brain allows you to do. It allows you to ask questions and though asking those questions drives people insane. And like they get fucking angry because you're like, you're slowly pulling out the foundational underpinnings of their entire belief system. I think a lot of people just can't go there in their head. The V safe website was the CDC's uh, tracking website for uh, excess mortality. mortality. Right. And so they've, they've shut that down. Was that all that uh, first article? Number nine. That's all one article right there. Yeah. Okay. (coughs) Go to number four. It was related. I got a different one. Okay. The complicity of compliance. Okay. And go through this article. I want to hear your thoughts on it. Okay. We live in an age of agendas. In the pursuit of them, behaviors are that are otherwise deemed unacceptable supposedly become acceptable or even necessary, justified by them. What is otherwise deemed immoral supposedly becomes moral. Who wrote this? This is from the Brownstone Institute. Okay. Which is I highly recommend. I love like, them. The more I look into them, like they're great. The champions of agendas make pariahs and even criminals of people who refuse to accept that the statement of a particular well-ended, well-intended end can justify an otherwise harmful act just because it is claimed to be means to that end. Mm-hmm. So that, to me, goes to what we see as righteous lies. 
So we we talk about um, let's 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 pick the low hanging fruit. So a guy like um, Anthony Fauci, I've heard of him, lying about masks, lying about vaccines. He's like, well, I can't trust you people to make decisions for your own self. Like I have to tell this lie, but it's for the greater good. This is when you hear like the greater good. When you hear that that phrase come out of the political least mouth, you're like, this guy's a fucking liar. It's you have to think of that. It's it's what they are saying there is like, you dummies, you plebes, just let us make the decisions. Like we, you can't be left to make your own decisions. I think a really good <clears throat> example of that is, sadly, my uncle telling me that. Uh, this is early on when Trump was elected that even if Trump was not guilty of Russian collusion or whatever the topic du jour was, mm-hmm. that it was okay because he was just so uniquely bad. And this is a per- person, perfect metaphor, a person who is very intelligent, mm-hmm. just thought, you know what? It's worth it because he's so uniquely bad. I don't care if he's guilty or not. We just have to get rid of him. This is something known as, and this is going to make people angry, this is what I call the chick brain, which is non-gender specific. It's like you're, I'm not going to apply this to your uncle because I love your uncle. I think he's awesome. <laughs> but people that think like that have chick brain. Like they, it's completely emotionally based. Totally, yeah. yeah. Driven so it's by like it. all I know is I hate this guy so much with all my soul. So whatever we have to do to send him to jail, to get him out of the White House, whatever mm-hmm. it is, like, that's all that matters. The same template can be applied to the Israeli-Palestine conflict right now. Yeah, it's like I just I have this emotional reaction, and just we're just gonna fucking level the whole place. Lindsey Graham. Yeah, just turn the place into glass. It's like okay, fine, that could be your position, but I want to hear come out of your mouth that you're okay <laughs> with killing a million Palestinian children. After that, that's chick brain. It's emotionally based. You saw a video on Twitter or YouTube or Instagram or whatever, and you emotionally react to it, you have no wherewithal or desire to look into the history. Or you didn't even see you didn't even see the video. You just heard other people Or you just heard someone talking about the video. I, my neighbor stands with Ukraine, so yeah. I stand with Ukraine. Like yeah. that, that's all that's all that I need. That goes back to normative uh, conformity. Yeah. For sure. During the COVID pandemic, the widely accepted right to bodily autonomy was effectively suspended as measures were put in place to coerce people to take an untested vaccine consistent with mass vaccination agenda. The First Amendment prohibition of government censorship of the media was effectively suspended as a state communicated directly and frequently with social media platforms to direct them to censor even true information consistent with the same agenda. There's people that Mm -hmm. would disagree with that paragraph just there like no that did not happen it just is that is factually true yeah alex berenson peter mccullough rob malone dr z like that happened people and all those people that they censored because of disinformation turned out to be completely right about everything remember we did the episode but they got an apology at least no i think we declared a pandemic treaty Oh, well, we're not going to go and just retry everyone for the, the the crimes of the pandemic. I mean, we, we declared an amnesty. Yeah, pandem- pandemic am- amnesty. That's right. <laughs> How'd that work out? We'll see. Does it make you angry at all to, like, go back 
I haven't let it go. I've had people like, you got to let go. I'm like, why should I let it go? Let what part go? That the people that we went to for information, your Peter McCall's, your Robert Malone's, your Dave Smith's, Pete Quinones, um, Ryan Christian from Last American Vagabond. Well, let, listen, they were called right-wing extremists and fringe thinkers, and they got deplatformed. They were censor, you know, censorship, everything. And everything they said turned out to kind of, at least as far as we can tell right now, turned out to be right. Like masks didn't do anything. The vaccine was dangerous. Vaccine didn't stop transmission. We shouldn't have, <coughs> we shouldn't have shut down schools. Lockdowns didn't work. And what infuriates me is the notion of people going, well, just let it go. Like, no, I'm not going to let it go. Because this, this, so here we are, like, we are on the fringe again by saying, like, it's all going to happen again. Yeah. Like, they don't run something like that. Look at the Patriot Act and the Project for a New American Century that turned America into a surveillance state. And, you know, the mass erosion of civil rights. And they're like, none of that stuff got rolled back. Right. Like, that's, it only That's increased. what's infuriating is people going, like, again, with the Patriot Act thing? Like, come on. Like, like yeah. it, you guys, it, you because you feel dumb bringing it up over and over and over again. But it's like, it didn't get fixed. Like, we're still dealing still with going all on. that shit. We're still in a world where masking is acceptable and lockdowns are on the table for a, a, a reasonable response to some... Right disease that the lockdown actually has no effect in curtailing. Yeah. I, infuriates me? No, but I, it's, I, I, it's, it, it still infuriates me. I have not let it go. I get it. I mean, it's just like, well, that's the battle, though. Like, obviously, they're going to pigeonhole people the, like us into this, oh, you again with your conspiracy theories kind of. The, the best moment is that you brought up on this podcast of saying, we brought us like, look, take just COVID. Like, you guys were wrong about everything. You told me I was not allowed to come to your house. And now, and now this is to quote you, you go like, well, um, what's for lunch? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I thought I wasn't allowed to your house. <laughs> the principle of informed consent was effectively suspended as untruths were told to get people to cons- consent to a vaccine. First, our betters gave us such unqualified assurances that the vaccine was a vaccine. They had to change the definition of the vaccine to make that claim. We've covered that quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Is This is, I don't know, it's it's the complicity of, uh, or the complexity of vernacular. When people say the, the COVID vaccine, you go, it's not a vaccine. Well, it is. Like, okay, technically you're right, but they changed the definition. CDC changed the definition of what a vaccine was. Yeah. Yeah, makes it a vaccine. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, my mom changed the definition of lynching. So, what are you gonna do? <laughs> Always with your mom. They had to change the definition of vaccine is safe and effective, Anthony Fauci. And you're not going to get COVID if you get these vaccinations. That is patently false. We are in a pandemic of the unvaccinated, unvaccinated Joe Biden, the winter severe illness and death, <laughs> which turns out we're the only guys that did not get fucking sick during that winter. <laughs> Fucking genius. Now the data tells us otherwise. Not only are the number and the kind of vaccine injuries shocking, our clinicians and scientists are starting to work out what likely caused them, including, for example, DNA contamination from the bacteria used to manufacture the shot rapidly and at scale. Thus also, the basic duty to 
tell the truth, was suspended in the name of this same agenda. So this article is pointing to the fact, so we talk about disinformation and people being deplatformed. This article is just, it's like a simple kind of glossary of like, let's just do a little worldview of like what happened in the last, what is it now, three years? These people were wrong about everything. And still, uh, by us pointing out, using this met- metric of data and clinical studies mm-hmm. and talking about the excess mortality rates of like, you guys paying attention to this at all? And you're like, it's one of two things. Like, no, you guys are still conspiracy theorists. I'm like, all right, call me what you want. But we got everything right up to now. And it's, it's like you can't call us at a certain point. What do we always talk about? Look at the track record. These exactly. people. It's like the people that we've been quoting and people we've been citing have been right the entire time. I'm like, why are we still being called conspiracy theorists? We're the ones that uh, were right. And it's, I love when people come over to our way of thinking. and Which doesn't happen very often. It does on certain issues. It does. And then still, at the end of the day, we'll say, yeah, but guns are you know, evil, you know, or they come over, they start buying guns and like, yeah, but climate change is a real thing. Yeah. Not that I'm right about everything, but it's like the pattern where if you take one step back and look at the pattern, like you were wrong about COVID, you were wrong about climate change. Like everything that you said was going to happen didn't happen. And yet you, you, for whatever reason, there's certain like, hangups in your brain that you can't like make the switch and come over to the right way of thinking on on this issue yeah on every issue not that we are right about every issue but it's like just realize that your brain you were tricked and you you realize the truth on one issue how come that doesn't trigger this response on every other issue to think, wow, maybe I'm not thinking about that issue the same way correctly either. But they can't, most people can't do that. That's what I was referring to earlier. It's like when you see something like, for me personally, it was 9-11. Like, so we're invading Iraq. That makes no sense to me. All of a sudden, I'm like, I got to start questioning everything at this point. I think the, 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 the foundational underpinnings of what people call the conspiracy theory, which is a pejorative by and large, but mm-hmm. they, we talked about the myth of the conspiracy theory. It's like, oh, well, you guys have a narrative. You hate global elites. You hate politicians, like blah, 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 blah. I was like, no. It's based, well, and that, it's based that it's wholly a lie. On, it's based wholly on pattern recognition. No, but, they're, but they're, what they're saying, it's a lie. Yeah. What this conspiracy theory that you're latching onto that climate change isn't real or that the global elites are molesting children, that's a lie. Yeah. But when we re when we disprove that, not us, but when it is disproven out there in the world, mm-hmm. they can't f- flip their brain to think, oh, maybe I was tricked. Yeah. Right? I mean, isn't that kind of the same thing as what yeah, you're for saying? Sure. It's like like what is that? Like you just can't it's that allegiance to the 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 narrative or the I think one of the one of the go-tos that I always kind of rely on is that the notion of the conspiracy theory gets you know it gets some hyperbolic 
you know, statement attached to it. And the, the perfect example is when people like to point and laugh at Alex Jones, like, oh, they're turning the goddamn frogs gay. I'm like, okay, that's ridiculous. Huh, look at this berkeley.edu study that says, like, the astrazine in the waters, turning the frogs gay. I mean, not gay, but emasculates them and turns, you know, some uh, 27% of the frogs into females and they can't reproduce anymore. I'm like, okay, his delivery was a little off <laughs> and yeah. a little sensationalist. Yeah, okay, like, technically but, they're not gay. But but, <laughs> but he kind of had a point there with, with that thing. I think the same goes with this COVID narrative that was shoved down our throats. Is you... It's It's frightening to me of how few people are paying attention to these kind of things, much like what's going on with Hamas and Israel. It's... Like a, like a willingly blind desire to look at just some basic facts of what's going on. Would you not agree? That's what it is. Yeah, it's yeah. it's your adherence to the your team's narrative over everything else, which is why the the knee jerk reaction to go to war is even more kind of. Dangerous because we're talking about violence against your enemies. We're talking about the the idea and of you're killing millions of children, and you're doing it over an allegiance to a blind allegiance to a group. Like, I, I, I will have, nuke those children just because I am I stand with Israel. Or I have more respect for someone that is willing to go. Like, yeah, that's worth it to me. I like. I have no respect for someone that puts up the flag in front of their house, whether it's Ukraine or Israel or whatever it is, and say, like, yeah, I stand for this current thing. Mm -hmm. I'm like, do you do you know what that entails? Like, you're, yeah, I'm you're, building a new You're willing to put that flag up in front of your house. Like, what that means is, like, you know, we're going we're gonna to level that place, turn it in glass. Right. You're, you're willing to put up this flag in front of your house to virtue signal to your neighbors. That means the death of over a million innocent Palestinian children. And they're that okay with that. that I, just, person, I, just, I just want to hear yeah, come that out of your mouth. says, yes, I'm building a nuclear bomb in my backyard. So if right they now, said so that, I'd be like, yeah. all right, okay, hats off. Fine. Like, you're yeah. a demented fucking you're, psychopath. Right. But <laughs> yeah, okay. at least you're putting your money where your, your mouth, mouth is. is. <laughs> yes. I was like, but for the people that just blindly do that and put that dumb sticker on their car, like, I was like, I want, I want to hear it come out of your mouth that you're okay with that. Is the paragliding Israel or a Palestinian thing a, like a, a real thing, or is that just like a? <laughs> oh, dude, it's a full-on meme at this point. Well, I was riding down the road on my quarter horse, and I roped them doggies and a brand on the horse. I got spurs on my feet, a rope in my hand, got a pistol on my side. I'm the quickest in the land. I'm the cowboy. Cowboy and a man, he's a special kind of breed that lives off the land. I'm a cowboy man, that ain't no lie. And if you're gonna mess with me, you're gonna have to die. I'm a cowboy. Well, I can ride in the show and rope on the range with the people in the city. I look kind of strange. Got Justin boots to resist all hat. And for every single day, I will look like that. I was raised in the hills with horses and stuff. And I grew to be strong and I learned to be tough. I don't mind the city because I went to school there. But they got their own problems and I don't really care. Cowboy and a man, he's a special kind of breed that lives off the land. I'm a cowboy man, that ain't no lie. And if you're gonna mess with me, you're gonna have to die. I'm a cowboy.
gotta load hay and I gotta brand calves if I wanna get paid. I work real hard to make the cattle grow, cause a cow was a full time job, you know. That's my way of life like that, it will stay. And if you can't live without me, you best go away. So I rope my steers and live real rough, cause if you're gonna be a cowboy, you gotta be.